Hello there and welcome to the second part of our podcast with Leslie McCarran discussing the music of 1978. The full podcast, including all songs chosen by Leslie, can be heard on Spotify. Search over our garden wall. However, if you can't access Spotify, this is a copy of all the chat from the podcast. You can, of course, listen to Leslie's songs on Apple Music too, just not in this podcast. Apologies for this and hopefully one day we can publish in full on Apple as we do on Spotify. Enjoy the chat and stay safe. So that was The Who with Who Are You, and uh, myself and Leslie were saying it just deserved to be played in full there. Really enjoyed that. Your next selection was uh, actually number 12 in the best-selling singles list that we did earlier on there. Getting Um, more stream. uh, Yeah, getting getting slightly better taste, um, and it's a definite (laughs) standout. Um, So what do you remember, or what what do you think or know about Kate Bush Um, and this song, Wuthering Heights? I just, my... Memories of Kate Bush when I was really young, so I would probably be seeing her on TV then when I was maybe about five, six, yeah. where she was terrifying. <laughs> um, it's this spooky lady. Um, she still is a bit spooky <laughs> to yeah. me, yeah. Um, but at the same time, entrancing, you know, she's a great musician, a bit avant-garde with yeah. her dance moves, so a bit like myself after a certain hour. <laughs> and a few wines. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but she is, she's another force of nature, isn't she? She's amazing. And she's a bit of an enigma at the same time. Yeah. So she, um, she kind of got discovered partly through, uh, David Gilmer, uh, from Pink Floyd. Oh yeah. I was so, up against him once in an award. Where are you? For, for best what? Best, best drummer ever. No, wasn't he? It was the Hairdrons again. You'll be sorry to keep saying this. Um, <laughs> What was the award? It was in London. We had to go to some fancy thing in the Roundhouse. And, oh, it was the most innovative live show or music video. Most innovative music video. Wow. Or concert, something like that. And we were up against Dave Gilmore, who was sitting at the next table. He never won it either. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Robbie Williams, he never won it. Uh, ourselves and the Rakes, who I was a big fan mm-hmm. of at the time. Yeah. And the Rakes won it. And I had I was happy for them. Yeah. I was still raging. Um yeah, so it was because we performed a gig in Second Life, the virtual world. Okay, right. which is probably which now I believe is a very seedy place, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't really then. Of course not. And we had built the Hedrodome, and it was like this venue, and people these people were buying tickets for it. Yeah, and they actually turned up at the set time, a correct time, and we were playing live in the Radio Clyde studio because it was the only place in Scotland that had the equipment. Right. For us to be able to broadcast this thing, play live with no lag, at the same time some wee geek was in another room animating us. They made avatars of oh, us. Okay, right. And so we, I was, was a version of me doing this. Well, you can't see me, but I'm doing ear drumming. <laughs> uh, while everyone else, you know, but they're animating us on stage while I was literally playing it live. Yeah. It was mental. And, and David Gilmer wasn't doing any of that, I'm guessing. I can't remember his what his music video was or what his gig was, whatever yeah. the thing, but he never went anyway. Not a Floyd fan? Uh, no, I, I actually am. I've yeah. had, uh, I yeah. have gone through my Floyd phase. Yeah, me too. The yeah. Wall. I remember I paid twenty nine ninety nine out of our price for the double CD. Mm-hmm. I've never let that go. It was like <laughs> two, two of my Saturdays yeah. working in Holland and Barrett. <laughs> but worth it, probably. So worth it. Yeah, great record. Um, it used to be raging when I see my wee sister would spread all my, my CDs out on our bedroom floor she's a bit younger than me and that was one of them never let her forget that um, and Kate Bush was um, yeah. you, you had this kind of memory of her being a bit, bit out there yes sounded different to everybody else when David Gilmer was a family friend I think right, and okay. 
uh, someone said Kate's doing a whole bunch of demos. Uh-huh. So he goes and so he says, what have you got type yeah. stuff? So she played 40 or 50 <laughs> demos really? to him, right? And he's like, how long are you taking to write these? She's like, a couple of months or something, right? <laughs> so he goes down to Abbey Road. Because okay. obviously he's got a lot of power, right? Yeah. yeah. And says, look, you just need to get this girl in, right? That's so mad. they get her in and she does three or four um, demos. So on, on the kicking side, on the album that Wuthering Heights is on, uh, one of the songs is The Man with, Man with the Children's Eyes. Okay. And that is the original vocal uh-huh. and piano piece from the... Demo, the demo that she played David Gilmer all they did was put strings over the top of it and stuff like that wow and they also um, I read that the Wuthering Heights she done that in one take really the vocal <gasps> which if you sort of hear it yeah. you're thinking wow that's incredible my bandmate Karina Smiley um, I'm in Revel Sparks with she sings this song uh, some of the the functions that we play yeah and she is it's just incredible watching her sing it she's one of the few people i know that can actually do it and do it well and do it right yeah um so can you imagine seeing kate bush doing that i i i I could imagine because i've never saw her so that you talked about her being a bit of an enigma yeah and she has been and she's actually only ever did one tour ever what was the one? Is that what was the one in London? Recently? So she did a like a residence. So yeah. she did a residence at Hammersmith Apollo yeah. maybe four or five years ago now. Yeah. She played twenty odd uh, nights in a row there. <sighs> Tickets sold out in fifteen minutes. That's unreal. Yeah, but she toured. Uh, she toured this kind of this record in seventy nine, like a normal UK type mm-hmm. tour, and never done another one. It's crazy, isn't it? To this day, so she's she's definitely her own woman, really. And yeah. But our, our sort of back catalogue now is fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's got some amazing stuff in there. Yeah, a bit like Joni Mitchell, because she yeah. gave up on it all, the touring, when she was so disillusioned with the music industry, isn't she? Yeah. And she's like, nah, I'm not getting involved in that. Yeah. Here's my records, they're out. You can buy them if you want, but I'm not performing for MD anymore. Yeah, Graham, um, Graham Skinner had a, a Joni Mitchell song on from 74, and he was chatting a bit about that, how she was, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first women, really, that, that sort of pushed through that barrier of yep. you, you know you tell me what to do and I'll do it mm-hmm. and she, she didn't and, mm-hmm. and never did I guess yep. and Kate Bush was maybe coming after yeah um, definitely after the the single it got to number one and it was number one for four weeks in the UK and it actually knocked off it's quite interesting um, it knocked ABBA off number one huh. we take a chance on me and it kept Blondie off number one with Denis oh really so there was yeah. Abba, Big Kate songs. Bush, Blondie, mm-hmm. you know, which the kind of women and... Yeah. Yeah. And a mixed bag of styles as well. Yeah, in the 78 as well, you know, you'd yeah. have thought it would be kind of quite a kind of male-dominated yeah. world still, but um, mm-hmm. th- there you go. Very interesting. That's good. Um, there's also, if you if you want cheering up, uh, there's a Pat Benatar cover. Oh, is there? Of Wuthering Heights. Oh, I need to watch that. So, but, you know, have a glass of wine <laughs> or something. But, uh, yeah, watch okay. actually. Don't listen to it. Watch it. Right, okay. Because there's, there's a Pat Benatar video to go with oh, it, of course. outstanding. Which we're always worth, yeah, um, worth watching. Um, Very good. And just generally, Kate Bush, is she kind of important woman in music, do you think? Is she um, she's got uh, a legacy there and stuff? Oh, well, I'd say she's definitely got a legacy, yeah. yeah. Um, she's one of the main players, isn't she? And most, for me, being that independent force and doing yeah. her own thing totally creative just if you don't like it don't buy it it's like kind of that thing isn't it i guess yeah um yes yeah, so i totally respect that i saw the ps to all that talk about recording and stuff was that um did you know she sang with peter gabriel on that song don't give up no. you know kind of ballad song 
Okay. Uh, mid-80s or something. Be- beautiful song. Oh, yeah. But he had asked, I think it was Dolly Parton, to sing it with him. Right, okay. And her diary or something didn't work out or she wanted them all to fly to Nashville or something, yeah, right? okay. So he patched that and he, he kind of knew Kate Bush. Right. But again, never thought to ask her because uh-huh. she, she never does anything. Yeah. So we got in touch and she said, well, yeah, I'll come up, right? Brilliant. So Peter Gabriel's like, um, he's like a music nerd, you know, mm-hmm. he loves his music, yeah. takes like years to record albums and yeah. stuff, right? Uh-huh. Keeps re-recording pieces and oh, right, okay. p- real perfectionist. Okay. Kate Bush came in for about 30 minutes, <laughs> sang the vocal, yeah. gave him a big hug and Cheerio. left again. Oh, brilliant. And that's the take that they put Great. on the record. So I love that. I think there's just something about her that, she yep. just knows what she wants. Yeah, she uh, knows what she's doing. She knows what <laughs> she's well. doing, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the the last snippet I got, which I genuinely, I, I had to go and check this, was that when the song got to number one, it was the first time that a female singer-songwriter had had her own song at number one oh. in the UK. Well, that's great then. It's amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty cool. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of many, obviously. I'm glad uh, I picked that then. I didn't know all these good There you facts. are. You, you, you picked a good one there. <laughs> Okay, so from the album The Kick Inside, which reached number three in the UK and the song was number one, this is Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. So that was the genius of Kate Bush and Wuthering Heights. Um, and we mentioned your nickname earlier. Her nickname was, I think it's E.E. Or E.E. <laughs> uh, which... <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, so she got that because she studied karate. Oh, really? And it was the sound that she made when she was chopping and kicking. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> then. <laughs> I double, double sourced uh, that one because I thought somebody was winding them up. Tell me where she gets her dance moves from. Uh, slowed down. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we, we mentioned earlier on, so we did the best-selling singles of, of 78 earlier on, and I said we would get to the albums, and we'll have a wee look at those mm-hmm. and see if it gives a bit of balance okay. if we'll go back through the critics' choice. So what I've done is I've looked at the, um, the kind of best of the best compilations so mm-hmm. you've got like your enemies and sounds and all the other things that we're going yep. on there so this is what the top 10 okay. um, albums were, were compiled from all of those so I'll rattle down them 10 you know well which is more songs about buildings and food by Talking Heads mm-hmm. which we played earlier on 9 or Cheery Up uh, it was Hemispheres by Rush <laughs> and it was <laughs> can't believe that I haven't just put that in uh, 8 was The Kick Inside by Kate Bush. Okay, um, seven was Some Girls oh. by The Stones. Oh, cool. So you're doing well. Yeah. Uh, six was The Man Machine by Kraftwerk. Oh. Uh, Die Mensch Machine mm-hmm. in German. That was Austrian. Pardon? That, that was Austrian. Austrian. <laughs> 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 I <play> was. <laughs> uh, my Austrian's not as good as yours. Uh, Kraftwerk fan? Not overly, no. No, they kind of pass me by. Too metronomic, or yeah, uh, yeah, I think I'm starting to appreciate them more now, but only now. Yeah. I've never really been into them. Yeah, uh, a good friend of mine really is into craft work okay. in a big way. Uh, I think the fans are seem to be quite diehard. Mm. The ones I know are anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they're all like that, but it yeah. seems that way. Yeah. Big uh, big influence on yeah. a whole bunch of people. I know. Yeah. I should really visit go and visit their key albums. Yeah, me, me too, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've sort of dipped in and out a little bit with them. But uh, yeah, they made the top 10 this year. Uh, number five was Van Halen oh. by Van Halen. That was another band that I ended up going to for a tribute drummer thing before I knew what I was doing and trying to just play with as many people as possible. And I was raging, I never get the gig. And I was never even asked myself, 
is it because you're a girl and it's a guy that's the drummer? Did, you, did you get a wig and stuff? <laughs> no, they never you... made me wear a wig, no. thank God. All right. Maybe if they had, you would have, you'd have <laughs> And they were it. called Van Heelen. <laughs> Which is terrible. You're probably quite lucky then yeah, that you never that, got that, that one. Yeah, that was in the, the wandering years where I was like, I need to, where's, where am I going with this? <laughs> that was definitely the wrong direction. Uh, yeah, look at you now. <laughs> uh, number four was This Year's Model by Elvis Costello. Okay, cool. And we last week with David, um, we did a bit of Elvis Costello stuff and uh, again, you, sort of, you dip in a bit and yeah, you get to see... Yeah, I'm the same. In and out of him, yeah. Yeah, his, his stuff's amazing. Uh, number three was the debut album by The Cars. Mm. And there's a whole sort of story, if you read up on them, where the Americans were touting them as the next Beatles. Really? At the time, yeah. And they were bad, to be fair, but mm-hmm. um, not maybe not quite up at, at that mm. level. Um, but to go. Two was Parallel Lines mm-hmm. by Blondie. Excellent. So you've, you've had quite a few there in your, your selections, which is lovely. Um, and number one was Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen. And um, again, we've talked a bit about Bruce Springsteen in one or two of the other um, podcasts, depending on the years and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the interesting story to this one was that he um, he was in dispute with his record company for thick end of 18 months. Oh. And um, they wanted him to release another bunch of songs that he had made mm-hmm. and he refused, point blank. And he also stopped touring during that time. Oh, okay. Uh, so basically just sort of down tools and stuff. And eventually, after toughing it out, he, he ended up right. releasing Darkness. Good for him. Yeah, good for him indeed. Yeah. And there's a record um, about 20 years later, he released a record which was the other record, if that makes sense. Right, it's called okay. The Promise. Um, if you ever get the chance to, to check that out, which is amazing. Okay. You can believe that he's made that at the same time as he's made Darkness because mm-hmm. it's, it's a very kind of light, poppy sing-along. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got Because of the Night on it. Mm-hmm. Um, fire that Pointer yeah. Sister sang and it's got all that kind okay. of old um, rhythm and blues stuff it's cool. amazing yeah and uh, the last thing on, on Darkness um, when I was reading up on it that when he's uh, when he took his break the band weren't doing anything right because mm-hmm. they weren't touring or anything like that so the rhythm section which was the drummer uh, Max Weinberg mm-hmm. and the pianist and the bass player all went and recorded Battle of Hell with Meatloaf really? so when you listen to that oh sort of power God. noise yeah. if you want that's the that E Street Knocking ah. that out. God, that's interesting. Yeah. I've never um, guessed that. There you are. Okay, so, uh, and also the, the next 10, uh, 11 to 20, Big Star were in there. The oh, third album. Big Star. Big Star. Yeah. Uh, All More Cons by The Jam. Cool. Uh, are We Not Men? Are We Devil? And Atlanta's The Moor by the police so oh, cool. so there was, you know the, the albums are pretty strong yeah definitely if you if you kind of go down those um, yeah. which is it's uh, well away for that disco stuff <laughs> yeah Most yeah of and it. I guess you know it, it takes all sorts I guess doesn't it mm-hmm. um, and you know some of those g- kind of great albums and records maybe takes us nicely onto one of the most iconic records released in 78 uh, which was Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick by yeah. Ian Jury and the Blockheads <laughs> so going back to it now it doesn't sound like anything else, really, no, does it? it doesn't at all. Yeah. Uh, so what, 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 what sort out. of push you to, to include it then? Well, because of the obvious, because I'm a drummer and hit me with the rhythm stick. Now, that song, I don't remember it again at the time, obviously, but I remember it being a wee girl. And it was, I don't know if it was just the character that is Ian Jury that we, he would jump out the TV at me and just capture my imagination being five, six of those early 
memories, but I remember singing that round the house yeah. just because of the light. It's silly, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, well, I wonder if that had any kind of influence or bearing on what I became later without yeah. realising. Um, yeah, so it's just... Uh, and plus such, such a catchy song as well, so right? so catchy. Yeah, the, the music's amazing. Yeah, I love the band. I went through a, quite a phase with the Blockheads when I was yeah. maybe in my early 20s. Again, the sound of those records to me are so different from everything else I would mm. be listening to. So this totally contradicts, again, everything I was talking about. I love the rough and readiness of rock and roll mm-hmm. and I like it to be not perfected and I don't like the everything cleaned up and all studio perfect but for me the blockheads are there's just the sounds be- more, more so the drums right they're all dampened down yeah uh, quite tight sounding which I would never go for uh, myself in a studio and it's not most of the music I listen to older music is not like that at all mm. so that's quite a different sound from everything else you've been hearing on the the podcast today. But they were quite, um, they came out of the sort of pub rock scene. Yeah. Uh, they were killed on the high roads for, well, not all of them, but the, the band were killed on the high roads for quite a few years uh, and Ian Jury kind of headed those up and mm-hmm. then most of that band moved into being the Blockheads. Yeah, so I imagine when they were live, it wouldn't sound as clean and yeah. polished as that. That's no, were, my impression. They were pretty full on, yeah. I think, you know, when, when they played live. It's when yeah. you hear the records, it's so clean to me. That's is just that, is that just I production and stuff, you yeah, think? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the way yeah. the drums are tuned, that's more like a 70s thing right. coming in. And uh, yeah, so I really like, I like Ian Jury. I think he's a character. And, absolute character. And he likes, just takes the mickey out himself, really. Yeah. That's quite good as well. <laughs> and his backstory and stuff, he, he obviously had the polio, polio illness and stuff, yeah. didn't he? And didn't seem to put him off at all. Yeah. If anything, it, it almost spurred him yeah. on, I think. It's too. like sheer defiance, isn't it? He's like, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. And, and do you remember seeing videos and stuff of them at the time? I know Vaguely, yeah. yeah. Just went being really young. That's yeah. that. That's the one I remember. But it's probably just because of the nonsense lyrics, really. Yeah, um, it's quite interesting because um, the Jam did this as well. He was one of the guys that would release singles and not put them onto the albums. Oh. Which most bands, single, track yeah, one, it's there. you know, sort of leads uh-huh. the album. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did that with most of his singles. And they didn't make the albums. The Jam did that with quite a lot of their mm-hmm. stuff as well. And I think it helped them in their kind of coolness. Yeah. But maybe didn't help their album successes and, and stuff in sales. Yeah. But there was a story that, because uh, it was a big song, got to them one uh, and stayed there for a few weeks. But the record company said that if they could sell a million copies of it, they would delist it. And the millionth copy buyer would get this kind of big, big gift, big prize thing okay. for doing it. And it got to 979,000 copies. Really? And just stalled. Oh, no. And it only hit the million when downloads and all that came on, ah, right. sort of, you know, further yeah. down the line. So they never they uh, never did it. So, so they say it was a bit of PR, but it was, it yeah. was a, a sort of genuine thing <laughs> they were going to do. And it's got a lot of things I picked up. So they recorded um, 11 versions mm. of the song. So not not um, not practised, but they actually recorded. There's uh-huh. 11 versions of wow. them. Kicking about somewhere. You could imagine them being that kind of band and just having a right good time in the studio. And I think so. And I think there's some quite big characters. I think him mm-hmm. and the, I think it was the bass player, they co wrote it. I was so going to say the bass line in that song's tremendous. It is, yeah. It's like yeah. Pff, a level of musicianship from them all, I, I just think it's great. They were kind of time served, really, weren't they? So yeah. I think they, they, they could kind of mm-hmm. step up and, and knock it out. Yeah. Um, it's a couple of other things I picked up as well. So he, um, they kind of kept going for a while and then they split up, but Ian Jury kept going. Uh, so he wrote the sort of theme tune for the secret diary of Adrian Mole. Oh, did he? 
age 13 and three quarters, I think oh, it was. Yeah. And he was a really clever guy because he was a bit of a wordsmith, wasn't he? Uh-huh. So yeah, he could kind of turn his, his hand to anything. And I thought that was good, right? And then, uh, uh, you'll love this one, right? Uh, so I've got this one out. So he had the chance, he was asked by Andrew Lloyd Webber to write the words for cats. Was he? Right. And uh, he, he turned them down. So it was a guy called Richard Stilgo ended up writing okay. most of the lyrics for Cats and made millions out of it. <laughs> so the reason, said Ian Jury, was, I quote, I can't stand his music. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I said no straight off. I hate Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's a wanker, isn't he? <laughs> Brilliant. Every time I hear Don't Cry For Me Argentina, I feel sick. It's so bad. <laughs> He got Richard Stilgo to do the lyrics in the end, who's not as good as me. He made millions out of it. He's crap. <laughs> <laughs> but he did ask me to do it. For, he did ask me to do it first. It's like sticking the boot right in. I'm just double checking all that's a quote there because I get a call from someone. Um, but you can imagine him that, you could imagine saying that, saying, couldn't you? Yeah, it's punk rock right there. Proper punk yeah, rock. Love yeah, love it. Just I wouldn't have done it either. And he um <laughs> he passed away, he was 57, he passed away in 2000. Uh, a couple of things, Garden Obituary said he was one of the few true originals of the English music scene, which I guess is, mm-hmm. is right. And Sug says, possibly the finest lyricist we've yeah. seen. Wow. Which I thought was quite nice coming yeah, from, from Suggs as well. Yeah, that's nice. And also the last thing, a bunch of stuff here, the last thing I picked up, which probably tells you what an interesting guy he was, he has a musical bench <laughs> um, near Port's Corner. A musical bench. Bench. So would you sit on it and plays a bum trumpet or something? You sit on it and uh, <laughs> it, it, it gets solar energy and it plays, I think it's seven or eight songs of his. Oh, really? Yeah, well, and it does a little bit of a kind of biog and stuff about him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I want one of those. Where's my drum solos and things? <laughs> <laughs> Get it down the front in Europe. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all those sit. benches there, haven't you? Aye, different bits of the drum kit wherever you sit. <laughs> Need a lot of mates to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Put that on the list. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so released in 78 and was number one in the UK for three weeks. This is Ian Jury and the Blockheads with the classic Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. That was Ian Jury with Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. Great to hear that again. So, Leslie, you chose 15 songs for your 1978 playlist. Um, we're playing eight of them in the podcast. Still got one to play. Uh, but we've got another few that will stick on the Spotify playlist yep. to get you to 15. So I thought we might just rattle down the other ones in your list okay. and uh, you can just call out any any thoughts or yes. uh, things that, that reasons you've stuck them on there. So okay. uh, in no particular order, first one is Because the Night, Patty Smith. Yes, uh, Patty Smith, Patty's my hero, I think she's great. First time I saw her live was Primavera Festival, okay. 2000 and something or other, 2015 maybe. And I uh, had never seen her live before. I didn't really know too much about her, just, uh, you know, the general songs, the kind of obvious songs. But when I saw her live, I became a fan. And yeah. I was just like, I believe in you, Patty. Yes, freedom, that's me. And is that because you know, of her so attitude great. and stuff? Yeah, or, she yeah. was uh, just an amazing speaker, I would say, more than musician. She's just right. really motivational and... Um, yeah, just I think she's a brilliant character. I've since watched documentaries yeah. on her and interviews, and I'm just like, everything she says, she talks sense. I love it. And I read her book, Just Kids, yeah. um, but her and her relationship with Robert Maplethorpe, yep. and yep. what a book. I yep. was greeting at the end, the last pages, because I knew it was coming, and I was absolutely howling before I got it. was terrible. 
Yeah, and it's won a few awards and stuff as well, the book has, not it? Yeah, yeah. and um, talks about living in the Chelsea Hotel and all the characters that she was mixing with, who, like Janis Joplin, just before she died. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, she just met him and then he died not long after, so maybe she's a bit of a drinks party. <laughs> but um, just all these huge artists and yeah. they're all living there. It's just, yeah. what a place. And uh, talks about getting, that she could barely afford her scraping a living, barely afford this apartment and the who got it because Robert was getting into starting to get into photography and it was because of the light the way it came in the room and they whitewashed the walls and all this and then yeah. she really encouraged him he was a bit of a tortured soul and then gets becomes a really famous photographer with the black and white shots and yeah. that was really patty that helped him and they were totally in love with each other and then he was a bit mental and he ended up went the other direction it turned out he was gay and that's why he was really struggling yeah. this guy and that's what it was all along but they remained good friends for a long long time and an amazing song as well yes so the song um bruce springsteen who we mentioned earlier he wrote it with her not the best patty smith song in my opinion but falls into your bracket um yeah it's quite um it's full of drama yeah as soon as it opens yeah so i kind of as a distinct 70s sound um but it's patty smith so it's cool there's a brilliant um video from her playing it on the old grey whistle test in 78 oh, you'll get on youtube that. it's brilliant she's got her hat on and yeah she's and just, be cool. she's just knocking it out right? so. i just loved it when she talks in the book about walking down the high street in new york and the songs blaring out of the speakers in the street and she's yeah. like i've made it yeah <laughs> nobody know. knows it's me it's walking down here <laughs> um, that's me coming out of that speaker <laughs> what i didn't know was that our son married meg white didn't know that either from the white stripes no way no way well, so I'll leave you with that one. There's a simplistic drummer for you. People slag her all the time. Absolutely. Great band. Yeah, and they wouldn't be the White Stripes if it wasn't for her. Absolutely. Style. Uh, so that was Patti Smith. Your next one was Another Girl, Another Planet by The Only Ones. Yeah, not my favourite, favourite song of all time, but a classic kind of punk pop song, mm, really. And that's it a great song. actually seems timeless when you listen yeah. to it now. I've not listened to it for ages, but God, it doesn't sound like 1978 at no. all. It could have been written last week. Yeah. And it was written about, I think, his, um, his addiction at the time. Oh, so I was wondering. I was looking at the lyrics of it. Yeah, so, sure. uh, I mean, not all sort of not proven type thing, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it was a, he was in a pretty bad state at the time, and um, that's okay. what he's writing about, the other oh, planet. He's got and, a good hit out that. that anyway. Yeah, he did indeed, <laughs> yeah. Um, good album, actually. Um, uh, didn't know much about them, other yeah. than the first album, but uh, yep. it's a pretty good album. Uh, you mentioned Coyote. Earlier yes. on there, so um, Joni Mitchell um, yeah. featuring the band. Yes. So was the last waltz from? I think this year. Uh, I meant to go back and check that. I'm not sure. I guess so. Yeah. Because it's if about the song that. was put out, then yeah, I think so. I couldn't be a hundred percent. Great version. Uh, I just love it. Yeah, Hajira. I think the actual version's on, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which is a good album, but I'm not con- too convinced. What's the name of that bass player? Ja- uh, Jaco Pistorius, I think, is the bassist on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a great so. song, and it'll be on the the, um, the full playlist as well. So that'll be a nice one to go back yeah, and listen cool. to. Envy Joni on it. Yep, it's going big tick in the box. Um, and talking about iconic um, uh, singer songwriters, your next one is Jilted John. 
Oh yeah. By Jolty John. <laughs> yeah, it's just a great song. Um, just love everything about it. Pure comedy, it. isn't it? <laughs> I I have that freeze frame of of that oh, talking about. I've mentioned earlier about Kate Bush and stuff, and I I vividly remember Jolty John. Yeah. <laughs> being on top of the pops. Oh, outstanding. Because I, I thought he's just he's. He's just taking a piss, isn't he, I right? Know. Which he was, of yeah, course. That was the yeah. whole point, right? Did <laughs> you do that and go on top of the box? So right? good. And he ended up in the... He was in Coronation Street, the guy. Was he? Yeah, I, I don't I can't remember his real name, right? Graham something, I think. But he, he was an actor, so he ends up in Coronation Street. Ah, need to check that out. Not as Jolty John, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on Stiff Records too, wasn't he? He was on Stiff, that's right, yeah. He's actually yeah. no Reckless Eric, who's my... The biggest guy oh, I know right. of on Stiff Records. Yeah. Uh, used to come. I used to be in a band with a guy called David Ritchie who passed away during the pandemic. Right. Um, when I was in the Mighty Saturns, this was the Rhythm and Blues band. Yeah. And he was really good friends with Eric. So when Eric came up here, he would stay with him in, right. in his house in Glasgow, although he oh, had right. recently moved down here to Port Glasgow. Right. Um, so he's a really cool guy as well. So yeah. he's like, he was on Stiff Records and he's still yeah. out there knocking his pan in, going around. America constantly, him and his wife. It's amazing. On his own. It? Just it was he was he in jury on stuff as well, I think. I think so. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. You were saying earlier so, on there you thought you thought he was about Chaz and Dave. Yes. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. said you met I've played Chaz and Dave, and Dave yeah. yeah. I sound yeah. like a celebrity. You do. I'm not. Just <laughs> 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 this wee lassie. Um yeah. yeah, I've just got had a lot of great opportunities really and just got brilliant. on with it. It's just part of my gig. That's yeah, it. <laughs> brilliant. Did you ever meet Jerry Rafter? Uh, no, but I should. Did I put Baker Street you on have, this? Your I next have. song is oh, Baker yeah, Street cool. by Jerry Rafter. Can't yeah. remember what I've put on here now. Yeah. I was getting delirious <laughs> with it. <laughs> no, I never met Jerry Rafter, but I like another great song. Legend. Yes. Yeah. And he's from. Is he from Paisley? No. He's from Bridgewater, I think. Oh, yeah. And then I think he lived in Paisley or right, something. Okay. Yeah, but he's from that, that right, part cool. of the world. Yeah, I I had some real soft spot for Jerry Rafter. That yeah. album that it came out on City to City yeah. was one of the first albums that I bought. I think I bought it from Dexter's. Which used to be a record shop in the town. Okay. Um, and I lived up the East End at the time. Right. And uh, I had to walk back because I'd spent my bus money. <laughs> Getting the record. It was not too far, a couple of nah, miles, right? But uh, it, was, it was coming down yeah. and, and whatever. And I got Not's... back and it has a, has a real iconic cover. Uh, it's a painted cover by John Byrne. Oh, is it? You know, the, the, uh-huh. the artist and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the writer. Um, and I just used to, kind of, one of those records that I would look at as much yeah, as listen to. That's just, the thing about buying records, uh, isn't it? Amazing. I love that. when That's a whole thing you would, like buy if you'd enough money to buy a record on a Saturday and go out as well. Yeah. You would go out and like you could spend no money at all. Usually McD would be involved in where I was going and it'd be some drinks promo on or something. Yeah. Uh but you you, you would listen to it getting ready. It's all part of the process that what yeah. record you spent all your money on saving up. Yeah. Have it on about a hundred times before you leave the house, then it's, people don't do that anymore. Plus they skip tracks and they do. And it's a real shame that he's not been here tonight. And the, the only the only upside I can think of is it's saved us about an hour. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. could be here till um, <laughs> Wednesday, could we? No offence, McGee. Not at all. None taken, I'm sure. <laughs> and the last one you picked was Public Image. Oh, yeah. I have kind of spoken about his nibs already tonight, you have, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. But again, real kind of different sound, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, completely. Kind of quite edgy. And I know. It's quite interesting that he came out with that after yeah. being in the Sex Pistols. Mm. But, oh, that's a great song. Yeah. So absolutely brilliant. Well, those um, those tunes will go on with you. The eight you're playing on the, the podcast as well, so um, they'll be on the supporting playlist. And all of the years will end up on them together, so we'll end up with, as I say, quite a lot of songs on there, which yeah. should be good. 
Um, if we have the time at the end, if we could pick one of those songs to stick on the end of the podcast as a bonus track, what, what would you go with? Oh, you never actually mentioned Beast of Burden. Can I get one more? I didn't mention Beast of Burden. My apologies. No. <laughs> Beast of Burden by the now. Rolling Stones. That's yeah. got to be it. That's <laughs> it. Your double Rolling Stones. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Of course, it's your playlist. Okay, good. You want. Don't judge me. <laughs> Beast of Burden by the Stones. Yes, that's yeah. got to be it. Perfect. That's the first time that's happened as well. Oh, so, is it? Cool. Yeah, well done. Excellent. It's cracking. So we'll stick that on at the end. Okay, so so to your last selection then. Um, it's fair to say we're finishing on a high. So tell us about John Peel's favourite ever song, Teenage Kicks by The Undertones. Oh yeah, so John Peel's favourite ever song. I thought, as you said, I wrote his quote down. Teenage dreams so hard to beat the line from it. Um, I think that was on his gravestone or something, wasn't it? It is indeed, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those... It's, it's quite a something I say about all these songs from playing and doing covers bands over the years as well as everything else you have these heard it songs and yeah as a heard it song we hear it all the time but sure. I couldn't not put it on this playlist it's a classic um, imagine that when that came out there would be nothing else really like that so direct Teenage Dreams that's what it's all about when you're that age yeah. buying records like we're talking about going out to the dancing um, boyfriends girlfriends whatever it is um, that's what that song sums it all up, doesn't it? It does. And they were young, obviously, at the yeah. time. And you can hear that, yep. can't you? Young renegades. Yeah. Getting in amongst Attitude, it. Attitude. Yeah. You know, from Derry. You know, there wasn't a lot of good news, I guess, in Derry yeah, at that, that time. Um, quite a kind of tough world, yeah, I guess, to come out of. Mm -hmm. um, it was the first time um, when it came out, Peel played it. And then he played it again. It was the only song he'd ever played twice ah, on his show. He really did like it. So he, he really did <laughs> like it, yeah. Um, it's a couple of other things I picked up on it as well because they had a kind of funny they were mates and then they kind of fell out a bit didn't they Fergal Sharkey ended up he kind of fell away a wee bit from him because oh, he right, got a okay. chance to be oh he went solo he did go solo yeah. but um, there's a cracking documentary that uh, was on BBC iPlayer for ages and then I had a wee look the other day and it's not there at the uh, moment so they must take them off and put them on yeah, again okay. uh, here comes the summer oh, it's okay. kind of an hour or hour and 15 minutes worth of the story and it's right. it's all these old images of Derry in 78 and stuff and really? they just they just looked like Derry boys yeah, you know uh -huh. just uh, no frills no no frills and I think I don't know if it's on the the um, documentary or, or someone else but someone said that they thought that the undertones were as close as the UK got to the Ramones ah I could believe that and that kind of look and yeah. attitude and the sound and yeah. two minute songs and yep. You know, and I thought actually, yeah, kind of. It's a perfect pop song, really. Get that, it? really, mm -hmm. don't you? And as you say, yeah. just it's one of these ones that just because you hear it all the time doesn't mean yeah. it's not amazing. There's a reason you hear it all the time. Yeah. So sometimes you've got to just stop and re-listen to these songs in another way, and just yeah. like, don't let it become background music and appreciate it again. Yeah. Guess how much they recorded it for? Oh God. Two hundred quid. Is that right? That's all they had. Oh, I can believe that. <laughs> so I think, no, I don't know what hour, maybe a couple of hours time in the studio or something. Yeah. That's all they had. And, uh, it's a Kate Bush approach. <laughs> yeah, one take. <laughs> get, in, get it done. <laughs> get out again. Yeah. And it wasn't on, the, so when they, they had the single, it didn't make the album. There's another one, they, they, they did the single and then they made an album mm -hmm. separately. And then when the single was a hit, the record company sort of re-released the album oh, with okay. the single on it again. and Cheeky money making. What they like, you yes. know. <laughs> um, and then the, the band split in 83 when Fergal Sharkey moved on but a couple of guys formed that Petrol Emotion don't oh, know if you know any of them it's really good worth checking out okay. just kind of similar to but you, you know a more kind of mature I guess yeah. version of the undertones 
check that out. Um, last night from Glasgow, big fans of that petrol motion. I think they're re-releasing a couple of their records okay, on then. that sort of past night from Glasgow thing yes. that they do. So, I'm going to be on that with the headrons. Did you know that? I did know that, yes. No, yeah. Just getting a wee name check in there. No, it's okay. Again. Don't mind that at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I did hear that and that's great. And I think I think to get a chance to go back to listen to this stuff, because for a while there, a lot of the, the older records were de-licensed. You just mm-hmm. you couldn't get them anywhere, yeah. so... Really nice. enjoying getting a chance to. Yeah, it's really good that they're doing that. It's been it great. Is, yeah, and a bit of income as well, hopefully. Aye, definitely. You know, don't knock that at all. Yeah. And I guess um, I was actually going to ask you, is kind of stuff that the hedrons would be in that ballpark for? Are you in that kind I guess of... so. Um, I always find it hard to s- describe the music of any band that I'm in, yeah. but I, when I listen back, I've had to listen back to all that hedron stuff again after I couldn't listen to it for ages because just of things that happened. Um, with the wanting to release a second album, not wanting to do the deal that was offered and having to walk away from that and knowing yeah. what we were walking away from, it's pretty heartbreaking. But we had principles and we weren't going to work for nothing, which ultimately would, would have been the case. Yeah. So it was really difficult to listen to it all again, I have to say. But I've noticed that on the return, I'm exhausted when I listen to them because the energy was... Unbel- I was like, how did I how did I even play that fast? I don't think I'll be able to play like this again. But of course I could. I've turned up at the rehearsal room just recently to check because the album's going to go out in the new year. Yeah. And we'll probably, we will be doing a gig. Not been decided where that will be yet and when. Um, so we did have a wee rattle through everything and it just came back like that. Yeah. 15 years later, no bother. One take through everything. <laughs> and I bet it felt good. It felt amazing. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, um, you know, we are, we are quite punky. Yeah. And we weren't really all in. Probably I was the biggest music fan, if you like. Yeah. Well, Tippy was as well. We all were in our own way, but I think I was a wee bit more so than the rest. A bit militant about the, uh, how I uh, collecting records and... Yeah educating everybody in the band whether they liked it or not about all the different things um i was into the clash quite mm-hmm. a bit at the time so yeah. i can hear that in the drumming yeah as well oh, yeah. so many things john bonham as well the heaviness yeah such a mixed bag really yeah but that's what makes you a rounded musician just it does drink it all in and uh, gigging and possibly recording again or just gigging um yes there's a wee um rumor of a second album i can't remember what i'm allowed to say <laughs> <laughs> well, rumour's okay then, isn't it? It's a rumour. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so the, keep your ear to the ground, but all via last night from Glasgow, of course. Good, excellent. That's good <laughs> stuff. Okay, well, um, good to, to hear that and, and certainly great to hear a song again. And as, as I mentioned earlier, when you hear the list of songs and you see Teenage Kicks, and I thought, well, why wouldn't it be on? Yeah, it's you'd got actually, to be. You'd be a bit angry if it wasn't on. Yeah, I know. 78, it's got to be one of the yeah. best songs in 78, right? Mm-hmm. So it was released in October um, and it's taken us out of the top of the musical mountain. So this is Teenage Kicks by the Undertones. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. It's two minutes and 28 seconds. Perfect. Lovely job, play. That was the Undertones taking us all back to 1978 with their anthem, Teenage Kicks. All two minutes and 28 seconds of it. Perfect length. Perfect length. So that's us played all your selected songs from 1978, Leslie. Now you've heard them and some of the stories around them, you still happy with 78 as your yeah, chosen year? Yeah, I'm glad I picked that one. That was yeah, a great shout. It was good. It was a mixed bag and I think that was good. Really enjoyed it. So before we finish, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? I am I am Soup. I am Soup. I think. Am I still that? I should really know that. I'll check that, but I think you are. <laughs> and uh, you've got a website as well? Yes, I am Leslie.com. 
And you say you're pretty active on Facebook as I'm well? I'm on or? Facebook and I'm just Leslie McLaren. Leslie McLaren. Lovely. Thank you. So really appreciate you joining us today. It's been great. And songs you selected and those in the playlist reflect what a strong year for music 1978 was. As we have said on the other podcasts, whether it was the best remains to be seen. <laughs> so thanks again for that. Today's podcast and the sporting playlist can be found on Spotify by searching Over Our Garden Wall. Join the chat on Facebook using the same search or find us on Twitter at Over Our Wall. So with me, Dee, when he's fit and healthy, we'll be back soon with another guest proposing pop music's greatest year. But until we do, we will leave you with a bonus selection from Leslie's playlist from 1978. Thanks again for listening and until next time, stay safe everyone. Thanks for having me.